What up, bitches? It's Azra with Coast to Coast coming at you. I'm Chris, your host for this week, while Gavril is off getting his butt probed near Jupiter. Uh, joining me this week is my American bestie, Kevin. Hello. Uh, on our last episode, we had a lot of listener feedback, and I mean a fuck ton, uh, to go through. And this week, we're going to be focusing a little more on the raid progression of Legion and what we think Blizzard can do to improve in Battle for Azeroth. And with that, let's carry on. Carry on into this week's show, because nothing really matters. Hey, buddy. Hello. <laughs> um, tell, tell us a bit about your week, hon. Um, we finally beat Heroic and Taurus, and yes, after many, many long weeks, we have done it, finally. Um, very happy about that. Um, I'm also playing, oh, um, the other thing is, is that I got my appearance for, um, doing archaeology quests. Nice! That was cool. Uh, that felt that was like um, long time was coming. It? Every other week, and then eight of those. It was a lot of months. It was like four months worth of farming. It was crazy, but it was worth it in the end. It was worth it. Plus, I got a spectral moose the last time we did it. So you know, more than just the appearance was had. I do um, like the moose mounts this expansion. They are very very pretty. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, playing some Warframe, also playing some alt characters. I did uh, my High Mountain Tauren mm-hmm. and completed all of the story quests in Ashara. Um, that is a really fun zone if you have not done it. Yeah. And there's a roller coaster, there's a minefield, <laughs> there's bombing that you have to do. There's in the in the last part of it, you're like blowing up uh, Alliance Towers. Um, there is just a lot. Oh, there's, there's a Raptor, which I won't spoil anything there, but there is a Raptor. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Um, so it is just, uh, it is just very, very interesting. Interesting Um, point for Ajara that before the cataclysm, it was a level cap zone. It was one of the highest zones and didn't have really any content in it. It only really had stuff for epic uh, class chains. And then that was it. Huh. Mm-hmm. So there Cataclysm got of... an actual big rework for that zone and a really good one. One of the best in my opinion. Yeah. I was super impressed with the variety of the zone and how fun it was. So would highly recommend that, especially because you can do it from any well, I think from level like ten, 10 to sixty. 60. Yeah. yeah. So what about you? What about me? Uh, raiding and WoW, still going on, having a lot of fun. We're thinking of taking a raid break for the next couple of months just to recharge our juices uh, and prep up for uh, battle because, you know, on the horizon, as it were. Uh, I am leveling up a Nightborn Mage, uh, currently 103. It is a lot of fun. I forgot how much I loved mages. So I've been, I've been playing Frost. And then I got the arcane artifact and realized, oh, that's Matt Mercer voicing my weapon talking to me. I love it. So I was so happy. Um, so I'm going to learn arcane and frost as my two specs for that mage. And I'm very excited for it. Um, battle for Azeroth. I got alpha access. So I've been trying that out. It's a lot of fun. It's for an alpha. 
And considering considering when Warlords of Draenor Alpha came out, it was very buggy. Oh, good lord, it was horrible, but it was an alpha, it was expected. Yeah. This one is extremely smooth. I've only had a couple of disconnect problems, and it was more internet issues than anything. Uh, I haven't came across many quest bugs. Um, although there was one of them where it was flying me across the, the zone, and I literally threw through like five trees that should be solid. <laughs> um, so I did report that. <laughs> uh, maybe yeah. fix your flight path there, Blizzard. Um, but no, it's a lot of fun. I've been trying out Wrestle Shaman, and I'm going to try out uh, Monk, uh, Mistweaver Monk next, and see some of the class changes there. I'm very excited. So it's a lot of fun. Um, cool. Here's the Storm. I still suck at Chromie. That hasn't changed since the last time I played Chromie. Still suck at that little bitch. Um, so I think I'm still going to stick with the I'm not allowed to play Chromie um, and other people aren't allowed to play Tracer and we're happy. We're all happy with this. Um, and even more D&D. So, uh, yeah. my I had my uh, my character die last night in a campaign. Uh-oh. Yep. Um, we were fighting some brutes in an alleyway. I got knocked out. Uh, uh, my Ganassi monk and our uh, Arakoa cleric got knocked out, and we had an elf uh, wizard who killed the last two. Um, he put a potion into the Arakoa's mouth and then walked away and told her to heal me. She was still disorientated from just getting revived, so by the time she got to me, I had rolled my last death saving throw, and it was a fail, and my character died. And we're playing Tomb of Annihilation, so there's no point in her casting Revivify. Oh. So now I'm a tiefling, tiefling druid. Um, it's all good. <laughs> Let's move Sounds on fun. to some listener feedback, shall we? Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, let's go to let's go to LB's corner first. Let's, let's go to LB's corner first. Okay. LB says that he has a dumb observation. No teams are being invited to the Mythic Dungeon Invitational. All teams have to go through the qualifiers. I think this is a good thing. I do Why as well. Why not make teams qualify? I think it's a good thing as well. I'm, what I would say, the only thing that I would say I disagree with is that the... And I'm not... Correct me if I'm wrong on this, because I probably could be, because I haven't really looked into it too much. Does the, per, does the team who won the previous Mythic Invitational get an automatic pass to qualify? I am not aware of that. Because if they don't then that's kind of bullshit. They won. They put in the effort to win the last one. They should get an inv- they should get an automatic pass to the qualifier through the qualifiers. Yes, you would think that they are invited. Um but other teams I do think should have to qualify. Because mm-hmm. there are better t- there are teams that could have improved and got better that didn't get through the qualifiers last time. They could be True. better than some of these teams. So I think non-invited teams is good. I do think if it's not the case, then the team who won the last invitational should get an invite. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Should we move on to Twitter? Let's do some Twitter because we got a good wee chunk from Twitter. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Gamer Ch- uh, GamerChecks Pro, a gentleman that we spoke about in the last episode, he had a theory about... Uh, certain things that are happening in Battle for Azeroth. We gave him a little shout out, but we didn't talk about the theory because possible spoilers. Uh, he just wants to thank us for his shout out on the show. Oh, there you go. You got another one. So uh, <laughs> you're welcome. 
Yeah, keep keep up, you know, with the feedback. Yeah, give we us more give feedback. us feedback, give us questions. Like last time we if it's something spoilery and it's something that's Battle for Azeroth related that's gonna be story based, we're not gonna talk about it. But if there are other things you want to talk talk to us about, send us. Yeah. Talk to us. Um our, the lovely Robin or uh, at Arley eighty two uh, sent us quite a few tweets. So uh, Kevin, why don't you go through the first? Go through these. <laughs> okay, first thing that she says is, "I miss. I'll miss something. <clears throat> I'll miss nothing at all about tier sets. Something. Uh, sometimes they were nice perks, but often they made me feel boxed in. Well, except with Legion, because my tier being useless, which made me sad." Also, Feral had a tier bonus baked into their spec in Legion. Yes, I agree with her on this completely. I will miss nothing about tier sets. <laughs> the the drama it caused in raids when we were doing Master Loot was not fun. Uh, uh, we're doing personal now, uh, and it's not as bad, but there's still a little drama. So it'd be nice for that to not be a thing anymore. Um, and I do agree that sometimes the perks definitely made you feel like, oh, okay, so I have my foresight. I have to play this, these, with these talents, or I'm going to be useless. I think the I think the best way to, to for tiers for talents and classes to work is that the person plays their spec. If it's something that works for them, then it works. But that person should also be very adept at playing to the fight. If it's a AOE fight, then okay, I need to take my AOE talents. Grab them, grab them, grab them. Good, I'm good to go. Something like that, you know. Play what you're good at and play what you enjoy, but be ready to adapt to the fight. Don't be boxed into a talent, a tier set. So I'm very glad they're going away. Yeah, I kind of, I'm not going to miss the fact that I felt useless until I got my tier set. Yeah, <clears throat> or feeling like I wasn't doing as well as I could have unless I got it. So. That will be a nice change in the uh, Battle for Azeroth expansion. Completely agree. Completely agree. All right. The second point that she says is having honor talents locked behind prestige leveling felt weird and discouraged me because I started on PvP late and it made me feel hopelessly behind. Yep. I agree with the... The, f- I, I, the thing is... Now, obviously, they're not locked behind prestige anymore. They're locked behind the basic honor levels. Um, but I do feel like there needs to be a progression system. So although I agree that them being locked behind is a bit discouraging, there does need to be a bit of a progression system. We have a PvE one. There need, uh, introducing a PvP one wasn't a bad idea. I think it just needs to be tweaked to make it feel less grindy. Because because it happens at max level, I think that's the problem. Because it's locked into max level. If there was a way to kind of make the the leveling to first prestige to unlock the talents, something you could do while leveling throughout the expansion, I think that would be a better way to do it. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it feels bad that you have to wait and play through several PVP games to potentially unlock something that you want to use as an honor talent. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's possible if it's in row one, you're going to get it a lot earlier and great, but you know, and being new to PVP in general, I think it forced me to use some honor talents that I may not have used if all of 
the talents on the same tier were unlocked at the same time. Yeah. But you have to kind of unlock them as you go. So I don't know if that helps with learning, but it just kind of feels bad that you can't pick what you want from the beginning. It kind of forces you to learn all of the talents, which isn't a bad thing. But at the same time, there's a there is a better way to to implement a system like this. And I think they need to look at uh, when it comes to Battle for Azeroth. I think they need to look at a way to retweak the leveling system for PvP because it's a good system. It just needs to be balanced out a little more rather than to force you into I have to play with all of these talents and then pick when I'm maxed out you know yeah why couldn't you unlock it from like 100 to 110 what would have been the downside of that you know I agreed okay the next comment she has is communities are circles in Wildstar and link shells in Final Fantasy 14 and it's about goddamn time we get them in WoW Yes, 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 and more yes. Link shells, mm-hmm. when I played Final Fantasy XIV, link shells were beyond invaluable. They were amazing. Uh, How did you use them? Uh, so I used them for things like um, uh, for raid groups. I used them for things like uh, pug groups. I used them for uh, people that like to do dungeons, people that like to RP, people that like to uh, just run the basic fates throughout the open world. You could be in multiple link shells at the one time, and the the whole idea is just that you find a group of people that like to do the same thing as you. You can stay in your guild if that's where all your friends are, but you have this group over here that you can just talk to and join whenever they're doing stuff. And it was great. It kept everything organized, and it's about freaking time that WoW mm-hmm. learned from the other games because Wildstar with their circles, Final Fantasy with their link shell, ah, beautiful system. Mwah. Excellent. Okay. Um, she Arlie agrees that botanist was the worst fight. My favorite was either the moon maidens or maiden. Those were fun fights. All of, uh, TOV was awful. Um, a trial of valor. I dislike the fact that raid. I dislike the fact that raid exists. She disliked the fact that that, 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 that raid. raid yeah. To that. <laughs> um, but then I always dislike filler raids. Okay. I, I get what she's saying. Um, it wasn't the greatest of raids in the world. It really wasn't. No. Uh, I did like the first fight. I thought that was an interesting fight. Um, the rest of it I wasn't keen on. But it wrapped up a story. It was a very instant yeah. and kind of abrupt wrap up there was a little bit of a build up with the quest chain but it wrapped up a story it did its job and the, and as we'll get into later in the show i also mentioned that as a, a good thing uh for a mostly meaningless raid okay um there was a response to that from one of our least followers anxiety light song or light song gamer my only problem with TOV was that the Helia storyline wrapped up pretty fast and didn't delve much. The idea of Helheim or a hell, so to speak of, was interesting. No, I'd agree with that. It really didn't wrap it up in a nice little bun. It was kind of just, okay, we're done. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, too it abrupt. was a wrap up, but it was not a good wrap up. It did its job. It wrapped up the story, but I feel like they could have uh, embellished it a bit more. Yep. Okay. 
Um, didn't help that the Broken Shore storyline was met until you got into the raid. Yeah, that was that that was another problem because it was Broken Shore plus that. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And finally, she compliments us another A plus job on burning time about talking about how you guys are running behind and need to cut things short. Yeah, we do that a lot. Thank you. Thank <laughs> we you. really do that a lot. I mostly blame Davro. <laughs> All right. Moving on to SoundCloud, we have two comments from Vincent Minucci, who, in true v- Vincent Minucci fashion, has something about what we talked about and then something about audio quality and whatever. So Vince says, Yeah, here is the only true answer to the best expansion Wrath. I think it's number two for me. It's definitely number two for me. Although, depending on how the Legion wrap-up happens, it could be number three. Because hmm. uh, Legion at the moment is number three for me. Pandaria oh. is the first. Because I love that. I, I love Pandaria. Yeah. It's so good. I never played when it was actually the current expansion, but I do like some of the Wrath of the Lich King stuff and I've gone back and done it, so that's cool. R- the only reason that Pandaria overtook Wrath for me, because Wrath was my favorite, uh, but the only reason Pandaria overtook was just the, the 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 new lore. It was new story. It was story we had never heard before. I mean, we're all we we all know about Arthas, and we all know about the culling of Strathholm and the Lich King and all of that. We all know about that. But the Pandaria stuff was just wrapped in so much mystery, and just it was new and exciting. And it, uh, the stories uh, that were implemented uh, that were introduced in Mists of Pandaria were just beautiful. And it will always be my favorite expansion because of that. Okay. And Vince's <laughs> second comment says, good Lord, Chris, did your desk or filing cabinet really deserve the office space style beating that you gave it? Um, I don't by, know when that happened. <laughs> if you go to SoundCloud, you can click on the timestamp and it'll take you to it. But um, he was complaining about your background noise, which is a total Vince thing to say. It is. All right. Um, Are we, I will work do you on want to get background into G- noise. I will work on it. <laughs> do you want to get into Gmail or do you want to skip that? The Gmail one can, to, to be totally honest, the Gmail one could be a topic in and of itself. So I'm going to say for now, we will have, we will uh, talk about that later. Uh, I will say, uh, Alessandra, thank you for your response. We will uh, probably actually wrap that into a topic. So... Uh, thank you, but we will get back to you on that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, there are various happenings on our Discord channel. There will be a link to it in the show notes. Um, lots of people, t- you know, linking in things that are coming out in uh, Battle for Azeroth, not in a spoilery type of way, but like pictures of the Volparin, pictures of some kind of a weird pig monster There's that's been coming videos out. Videos of dungeon runs and stuff like that. Yeah, so definitely get in there. It is hopping. Um, shout outs to the US, the UK, Canada, Ireland, and Australia. All of the English speaking countries are our top countries over the past month. Um, obviously, we've been putting out some shows a little bit spottier recently, and we'll try to get that into more of a weekly cadence as we've had we scheduling problems. Uh, figure out our scheduling problems. Yeah. And yeah, last week we were sick and no one wanted to do a show. So yeah, Kevin and we I will try dying. to get back on uh, schedule there. <laughs> All right. 
moving on to the news, Chris, um, I heard there were some controversy this week regarding the global cooldown changes in Battle for Azeroth. Yeah, so, uh, first off, to put it into context, uh, currently, uh, well, in the latest alpha build, there was an experimental process put out in regards to the global cooldown. All DPS and healing major cooldowns have been put onto the global cooldown. This includes things like Paladin Wings. No, no, no. That, that's what the person who reported this on the forum said. No, no, no. That, they said that all of it was put onto the global cooldown, but that wasn't true. No, but that's that's what I'm saying. This is what people are okay. thinking. Okay. Everything the 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 thought thought process was that everything was put onto the GCD. All pal, all DPS, and all healing cooldowns. Not really the case. <laughs> um. So. This is a really, really long post by Ian Hazakostas. So what we're go- we're going to go through the key points, but we're going to link to the entire post if people want to read it because it is a very, very well thought out and very informative uh, post by him. And this is yeah. one of the reasons that I love Ian because he-, he gives such good information. And um, this this was originally posted on the Battle for Azeroth Alpha feedback forum yep. uh, by a character named Reese. And Ian eventually chimed in, and eight pages worth of comments followed. Yes. Uh, so to start off, um, he do- he goes into details about what the original thought process for the global cooldown was. It was universal. Everything was on the global cooldown previously, with the exception of some old mechanics that don't exist anymore. But over the years, abilities were taken off the global cooldown. This includes a lot of... Uh, uh, this includes a lot of things like uh, major DPS and healing cooldowns, uh, interrupts, stuff like that. Yeah, which are things, you know, that can be a good thing if I don't have to wait, you know, up to two seconds to hit my massive heal if people yeah, are going to die. Like if 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 that was on the global cooldown, that would, be, whew, that would not be great. Um, right. Uh, but they got to the point where there was so many spells off the global cooldown. So Blizzard are now looking at that to see what does and doesn't need to be on the global cooldown. And it's a process that is ongoing and will is, is subject to change uh, because it is still an experiment and still a testing process. Uh, abilities being on the global cooldown can create potentially interesting choices. Um... He goes into a detail, he goes into an example of uh, if you're in an arena match and you're on low health, being melee attacked, but so is your target on the enemy team. Do you use your next global cooldown to try and finish off your opponent or to get yourself out of harm's way? It's a very nuanced decision. Uh, where a skilled and experienced player is more likely to uh, intuitively make the right choice, your def- if your defensive and es- escape tools are off the global cooldown, there's no decision. You do both. Right. <clears throat> so having to choose beside, you know, if, if you know that things are on the global cooldown, then now you have to think about it and make a choice yeah. to save your own life or to kill someone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, taking something off the global cooldown, something being off the global cooldown will improve responsiveness. You can make sure that you get the right stuff at the right time. Uh, like interrupts, like interrupts, like lay on hands or really big important spells, There's, or massive heals. And I would like to point out that there are, there are no plans for 
interrupts or things like lay on hands to be put back on the global cooldown. They made that clear. Yeah, he points that out very specifically. Yep, he does. This And this brings us to the broad category of abilities that are off the global cooldown in Legion. Offensive burst cooldowns. There's mm-hmm. almost no... <sighs> There's no general. There's not generally used in response. These are just pop em abilities. Yeah. Agreed. When you yeah, when you want to you know blow massive DPS, it's usually like you know you want to do that. It's not like oh something happened to me, so I need to blow a massive DPS cooldown to counteract that. It's usually like at the beginning of the fight or when you hit hero. Mm-hmm. So. That uh, makes sense. In endgame raids, you stacking all possible cooldowns is something that you've always do to overall improve someone's total performance. But in PvP, it can cause a lot of big problems. It heavily limits counterplay and makes worst-case scenario burst damage insanely impossible to survive. Mm-hmm. Or if you get locked into a you know a series of stuns, then they can just blow their uh, offensive burst cooldowns and, you know, get rid of you. Thus, they're putting most activated offensive cooldowns along with on-use offensive trinkets back on the global cooldown. And they will be tuning these uh, effects around... uh, They will be tuning a lot of stuff around this change. Mm -hmm. But it's alpha. They're testing stuff out. If it doesn't work, they're not going to work it. But if it... If it makes the game feel better, I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really going to decide on what things need to be used in a reactive fashion that they do or do not put onto the global cooldown. I mean, hopefully certain, you know, things that I need to hit when I need to hit them and not wait a second or a half second after because I cast something, that that's really going to make me decide whether I like this or not. You know? Like, um, if I have to wait to, like, put wings on someone, you know, to prevent them from dying, uh, if that's on global cooldown, that's really gonna suck. That's gonna be a problem, because that needs to be a split second, okay, decision, yes. done. So it won't be on the global right. cooldown. They've said that. Right. So, things... If they do stick to their guns here and make sure that things that are done in response to something in a raid are not on the global cooldown, then I think uh, I would be fine with it. But um, the way that I see most people reading this is just kind of they think everything is going to go on to it because that's how it was put in the first you know post, and that's really not the case. And I'm glad that Ian took the time to um, write down what his thoughts were and to be more nuanced about it so that people understood you know, where they're thinking things need to go back on the global cooldown and where things probably aren't going to go back on the global cooldown. Yeah. And it's it's important to realize that the only thing that seems to be going on the global... Yeah, the only thing going on the global cooldown is things that don't... Re, it's not really a intuitive life, life or death instant uh, ability that needs to be done there and then. Wings, lay on hands, tank cooldown, stuff like that. It's it's the okay. Let's pop this. I get more damage. Kind of cooldowns. Well, they listed only specifically lay on hands and some interrupts, but 
well, you know, I think we need to go in the game and test it out and see what. Well, I is can tell you right now, none of my none of my big major. I need to heal you right now. Heals are on are on the global cooldown on my shaman. Okay, that's good. There's one or two that have not that weren't on the global cooldown that now are, but they're more of a okay. I, things are getting a little low. Pop this. We're okay. We're okay now. Yeah. So nothing major, life or death. Okay. Well, if that's the case, that should still be doable. So, anyway, the go read the post for more information and you know some of the some of the comments people are leaving all are thoughtful and insightful around this topic so oh yeah there's um, definitely some really constructive comments there are some that are just you don't really know the situation but the constructive <laughs> ones they're really really good comments there's some really good ideas on there about this um yeah and i 100 percent encourage more people to give those kind of feedback because that's what blizzard need they need constructive feedback to actually improve the game just going on a rager not helping yep um Q&A? the battle for azeroth q a happened over a week ago at this point and we will link to it in the show notes there there were many things that they discussed about Bla- battle for azeroth i don't remember anything during the q a that really jumped out at me um other than blizzard saying how they don't like when people say everyone hates this or everyone likes this and to try to stick to your own personal you know thoughts and feedback on don't a topic. generalize because you're probably wrong about how <clears throat> many people like or hate something yeah i mean obviously if one person is saying it it's their opinion but for some reason they felt they needed to beat us over the head with that um because yeah, it's been so, going on for 13 years and no one listens uh, the one thing that I remember people talking about was personal loot, and I don't remember exactly what was said, but the two notes here were personal loot is the desired loot rule moving forward. Yeah. Some people have kept using master loot to funnel set pieces to a specific person, but set pieces are going away, so yeah. personal loot only is a good thing. Yeah. Um, it will help to balance things at the top end of the raid scene and split runs. What do you think about getting rid of other like are they actually getting rid of those other ways to do loot and only do personal loot or how is that th- going to work? I think the default is going to be personal loot. But as far from as far as I can tell you can still swap to the other loot systems. It's entirely up to okay. your group personally. But personal okay. loot is going to be the default globally as far as I can tell, which isn't a bad thing, especially in pug runs. <clears throat> okay. Um, one of the other interesting things that we they did mention uh, Kaltiran humans as a playable race for the Alliance, and we've mm. actually had some really cool stuff getting data mined from the Alpha, mainly Kaltiran humans druid form and their bear form, and it's just a giant tree tree thing, and it looks so cool. It looks evil. Yeah, that's interesting, but it's still, you know, I still want to know who the Volparin are going to go with, the Horde or the Alliance. I'm uh, I'm very worried they're going to go with the Horde for them. I don't think th- I don't think they're going to be playable, honey. I'm sorry. They're going to be playable. <laughs> I mean, that's not even a question. Well, no it is because they've said that stuff that's in that uh it's easier to build NPC races using the same way they build 
ally uh, player player races. So let's talk a little bit about <laughs> these are some stuff that's been released on the alpha. Blood Elf mm-hmm. uh, getting a golden eye. The eyes are they're getting a customization option to get golden eyes. Whoop de doo. Uh, no, no, I don't you don't know what you want me to say about that. You don't understand the lore relevance for this. Golden eyed okay. elves are one in a billion. Golden eyed elves are. Uh, what's the best way to describe this? Elodin had golden eyes when he was born. Queen Ashara okay. had golden eyes when she was born. So, so why are, the are they letting t- any Joe Schmo? Get golden eyes. I don't know, and I don't care, but it looks awesome. <laughs> okay, if you say so, Chris. The lore, re- the lore elements is- itself are awesome, and the fact that we can have that too is kind of awesome. But it's only blood elves. Fuck males. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, the dark iron dwarf racial mounts and uh, paladin mounts have been revealed. And they are fucking gorgeous. Uh, Where's the link to these? Where I didn't see this one. It's uh, on. It's uh, Battle for Azeroth build two six two eight seven. It's on the. It's on the front page. Okay. Uh, so the 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 Dark Iron Core Hound is the uh, racial reward uh, for unlocking the achievement uh, for unlocking the allied race. Um, and then the paladin ram mounts look beautiful. Yeah, they do look nice. They are just stunning models. Uh, the core hound, interestingly enough, is a one-headed core hound, which is hmm. weird because core hounds are usually two-headed, but it's, it looks amazing. It looks fine with that one head. It does look. It, it looks a little weird. But it looks really cool. Okay, um, we'll link to that in the show notes. Yes, we will. Uh, the other thing we were going to talk about from the Battle for Azeroth uh, Alpha is professions. A little update on them just to clarify what's going on with them because there's been a lot of confusion. Okay, so. Including me on two shows ago. Including Kevin. He's very confused. So, each profession will now be separated into expansions and leveled separately from one another. Each expansion will have its own leveling path for eight, uh, for items from that expansion, similarly to the ways of Mesa Pandaria Cooking of the Ways. Uh, you can choose to go back and level older expansion craftings, or you can simply level the crafting from the current expansion. This allows you to craft items with current expansion materials without needing older expansion materials to level to that point. Uh, you can still go back uh, and level older expansion, uh, older expansion crafting skills as well. Uh, and to clarify further, an example of this means that you can level your cataclysm tailoring by using cataclysm crafting patterns. But this doesn't stop you from progressing your Kaltiran or Zandalari tailoring uh, with the new expansion patterns. Uh, first aid is the only exception because it is flat out going away. Uh, which I'm okay with. (laughs) Uh, The patterns are being redistributed into tailoring and alchemy. 
and your first aid crafts will have to be relearned in their prospective new professions. So it's like bandages are going to tailoring and like potions helping and stuff are going po- to poison fixing, whatever that is. Yeah, that they'll go into alchemy. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's a good thing. You don't have to level hundreds of skill points like what I'm doing currently with my um, Torin just to get your skill points up to go to the next expansion. So completely. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, right. Island expeditions on alpha, they are available for testing and there are already changes coming to them. Uh, so as it stands right now, they're what was introduced at BlizzCon. Uh, essentially what, what we were told at, at BlizzCon. I'm trying to find the post because it somehow disappeared from my tabs. Uh, scrolling. Ah, okay. So, uh, there will be changes coming into the next build. Creatures will no longer increase in Azeroth uh, over time, uh, but are worth more in general. Uh, players and advanced NPCs will game as Azeroth slower. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, there will be new weather effects uh, that will be added to elemental invasions. Uh, AI NPCs should apparently jump around less. Apparently they were jumping a lot. But let's be honest, that's what players do, so it kind of made sense. Um, difficulty, uh, normal difficulty tuning, generally things will be a little easier and the AI will be less aggressive. Apparently they were like murderous, like crazy murderous rampage early on when it was first implemented. So probably a good thing that there are less of that on the normal difficulty. And they do plan to uh, uh, implement the heroic and mythic difficulties as well as the pvp one so they will be coming soon as well for testing interesting so this is going to be your homework for next week oh no sorry the heroic difficulty is already implemented and it's in a pretty good spot balance wise my bad gotcha Uh, mythic and pvp will be coming soon homework do island expeditions are they shit are they good yes sir uh, right, let's move on a little bit. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the uh, Witchwood? Final change. Um, well, before that, we did have one final item in WoW news. That was oh, yes. that Cross Realm Mythic and Taurus is now available. Yes, it is. Yay. So if you are a Mythic Raider or you want to do some Mythic Raiding, Cross Realm is now available for Antaurus. So you can give that a try. Have fun. Don't get tilted too much because that will tilt you. Uh, have fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about the Witchwood, which I'm so excited for. We'll need to get into this further when um, Gavril is back on the show, but the new expansion to Hearthstone has been announced, Witchwood. It is uh, going to be released in mid-April with 135 new cards, free packs, pre-order bonuses, card backs, new board, and two key- two more keywords and more. So... Information will be linked in the show notes. There's a trailer announcement video with um, which was really ben good, Broad. by the way. Um, that's seven minutes long. Go take a look. Interesting. I personally won't play it, but um, enjoy. What I will say, I would like to just point out what the keywords are. You've got Echo. Uh, these cards can cast can be cast multiple times on the same turn, and mm-hmm. Rush. These minions can attack other minions. Uh, 
the same turn they are played, charge, but not overpowered. How is it different from charge? Yeah, I know. It's not really... Oh, because oh, they can only attack other mm. minions. Okay. Charge can attack the player. The rush can only attack other minions the same turn they were played. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to Heroes news, there was a new hero announced, Chris. Ah, so excited. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Phoenix. Is it, is it definitely Phoenix? Okay. Uh, so Phoenix uh, has been uh, will be coming to the Nexus. Uh, he is a, and I want to make sure I get this right. He is a ranged assassin hero uh, from the StarCraft universe, one of the greatest heroes in Protoss history. Um, Benix fell in a battle against the Zerg during the invasion of Ayr. His body recovered, and. Uh, put into one of the Dragoon units. Uh, not even death can stop Phoenix from achieving his great a goal of glory and valor. So, a little bit of information on his abilities. His passive is Shield Capacitor. Phoenix has a permanent 800 uh, plus 4% per level shield, which regenerates uh, per, uh, per second after taking no damage for 5 seconds. Uh, his Q is Pulse Cluster. It will create a laser beam at the target point uh, that circles around Phoenix. Tw- uh, I keep calling him Phoenix. Phoenix twice, uh, dealing damage uh, and slowing enemies for four seconds. Uh, his W, Weapon Mode Repeater Cannon. Uh, upon activation, it will increase... Uh, it has a basic attack speed increase of 150%, and upon activation... Uh, it will increase his basic attack range and damage and uh, causes basic attacks to splash. His other W while he's in repeat cannon mode is Pulse Bomb. Upon activation, it will increase his attack range and deal 25% more damage and splash to nearby enemies. Uh, warp uh, is his E. Uh, warp to a target location. Uh, phasing it after after a se- uh, half a second and arriving at another location. His two ultimates, uh, Purification Salvo, 170 second cooldown, a channel for 5, uh, 1.5 seconds, he's, he's sweeping a laser in front of Phoenix that locks onto enemy heroes. Uh, once the channeling finishes, five missiles at each locked hero will f- fire each locked hero, dealing damage. Uh, and deals a 50% increased damage to slowed targets. His other ultimate is Planet Cracker. This one's pretty cool. Uh, 100% second cooldown. After 0.5 seconds, it will channel a powerful beam that spans across the entire battleground for 4 seconds, dealing damage uh, every 0.25 second to non-structure enemies hit. And it's a lot of damage. <laughs> that shit's gonna hurt that one. Mm-hmm. He looks really fun and very mobile. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm <clears throat> sorry about Lose that. I mean, there, buddy? <laughs> I I like the fact that he has a short range and a long range um, e ability. 
Yeah, his so, his Q his W sorry swaps between yeah, the long w. range and short range and splash. It's kind it's kind of like if if anyone's ever played uh, League of Legends, it's very similar to Jinx, her basic attack W. It swaps between splash damage uh, and sh- and long range and short range but fast damage so it's very Mm -hmm. this character is very indicative of jinx in league of legends and she is one of my favorite 80 carries so i'm gonna love this guy cool all right let's move on to overwatch um brigitte is now live and you can play her the new um support character in overwatch she's have not played her have you played her I haven't played her, but my okay. friend uh, Georgie, who's one of my uh, uh, one of my uh, party members in D anD D, she's played her, uh, and I was uh, Lucio supporting her, uh, supporting as well because she always takes her supports. And oh my god, the amount of damage she was doing! She does more damage than an assassin. Wow. Um, and we were all, every time that there was a Bridgie in a game, they were getting play of the game. Okay. Every wow. single time. Uh, she's so strong and she's very fun to play with. Uh, not so fun to play against. Cool. All right. That is going to be the ra- That's going to wrap it up for our news this week. Uh, Starcraft no news destiny 2 there's going to be a pretty major patch next week um but i'm kind of i don't really care and uh there's been some new like t-shirts and stuff on the gear store um so go check that out if you have not been to gear.blizzard.com there's some there's like a new shirt for brigitte there's uh some new starcraft uh 20th year anniversary stuff so check that out uh, moving on to the main topic this week, like we mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about a little retrospective of the Legion raids that have gone down, what we liked, what we didn't like, what they should learn from it or change in the future for Battle for Azeroth. And uh, Chris, let's jump right into that now. Starting yeah. off with the Emerald Nightmare. Uh, one of the things that I really liked about Emerald Nightmare was that you could pick which boss you went to after you completed the first boss, yeah. um, which was a really cool concept. And you could just, you know, if you were having trouble with uh, uh, Ren Farrell, for example, you could just skip him and go to Ursoc or go to Elganoth first. So um, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed with yeah. it. And Not I thought the variety ex- was really good, too. The non-linear progression path took me back to Ulduar. It was very, very much of a oh, I get to actually choose where we, we get to choose where we want to go. So it was very, it was very reminiscent of back in Ulduar or ICC. So it was great. Yeah, and if you were hitting a brick wall, I mean, you could just stop and come back. You know, a few weeks later after you've geared up more or something. So that oh, really yeah, helps out. That's what we did. I remember back we were struggling on Elganoth because we were struggling a little on DPS, so we jumped over to Renferal and took her first. Okay. So yep. it was it was a great to be able to focus our efforts rather than brick walling it. Yeah. Um that kind of brings me to what I didn't like because Renferal was probably the worst fight I felt in this raid, um, other than Xavius, which I'll get to in a minute, but um I didn't like kind of some of the mechanics from switching from one island to the next when the 
um, there would be like these little tornado things that popped up and got in your way and you had to pick up this feather and then people didn't know how to use the feathers and like you're kind of using the feathers after taking a ton of damage and trying to transition to the next like little platform so it it was always kind of chaotic and weird and no one really ever quite learned how to use them properly so i think that was kind of bad like if you're gonna throw some kind of new mechanic in how about at the beginning of the fight when you can play with it or you know not in the middle of a really chaotic section of the fight but that's raiding yeah Okay. I liked that fight. I genuinely, no, genuinely, I liked that fight. It was like, what, it was that and I want to say Ilganoth that were my two favorite fights in that, that, that tier. Um, cause they were so chaotic. Ugh, the chaos as a healer the bothers chaos, me. The chaos as a, I, the most fun thing for me as a healer is stress healing. It is so fucking fun. It fills me with the fear. And it builds up the adrenaline, <laughs> and it is great. Okay. That's why I love doing Mythic 19s as a healer, because it's so fucking stressful. Great. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the the other thing that I didn't like was the Xavius fight. I felt it was too easy compared to Scenarius. Um, and there's just not a lot of mechanics going on. There's You're in the dream, you're not in the dream. Are you in the dream or not? Am I dreaming? Is this Inception? <laughs> is this real life? Um, yeah. Um I will agree with you. The Xavier's fight was a little too easy compared to the Scenarius fight. Um I think if they buffed up the damage that Xavius did a little more on the raid, it would have probably been a bit more difficult for the healers. Mm-hmm. But it was more of a, a tank DPS fight than a healer fight, I will say. It's um yeah. and I think you've only ever healed that, yes? Yes. It's definitely more of a tank heal a tank DPS fight than a healer fight. So that may have been why you thought it was a bit too easy for yourself. Which okay. it is. It's definitely not a hard healing fight. It's a hard. It's a. It's making sure you get the DPS right. It is an annoying fight because your DPS numbers need to be perfect on that fight, and your tanks need to not be dumb. Which, mm. uh, yeah, I was very dumb at the start of that fight because I hadn't tanked in a long time. So yeah, <laughs> but no, it's 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 overall it's a fun fight. It just, I think, for, for it to be a more enjoying fight for healers, they needed to add a little bit more something for healers to do. True. And my overall takeaway for this uh, raid was the ability to choose what boss you go to. I think yes. was something they really need to continue to do, and obviously they implemented that in, I think, every other every, every other, other raid tier, except with the exception uh, of Trader, uh, tra- uh, Travel Valor. Yep. Yeah. Uh, non-linear progression is great for raids. It gives you so much choice. It gives you um, some. If you want, it gives you the option to choose what boss you want to focus on as a group, rather than you have to do this boss. Non-non-linear progression is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Trial of Valor, um, I think this was probably my least favorite in the expansion, just because. Um, yeah, little filler know, raids. It. You know, I'm not sure people really took it seriously because there was only three bosses and we might have completed it twice total. Um, but, it, you know, the good thing was is since it was only three bosses, we were able to kind of go back after one of our scheduled raids that we got done early and complete Helia a second time for people who didn't get the achievement. So <laughs> that was one of the things I put as the positive for the raid. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think, uh, it's a good. It's uh, like I said earlier. The first fight was the only one I found interesting. The other ones, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's I, I I do think that your next point on what did they mess up? It it's definitely not a raid that was supposed to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So it was a filler raid. It was definitely one of those. Okay. We need to kind of bridge the gap between Emerald Nightmare and Nighthold. But we also have a story we can finish off. So let's kill two birds with one stone. Here you go. Here's a little three man, there's three boss raid. Yeah. So I think less of that in the next expansion would be a good call. Yeah. Uh, less of just, so. okay, we need to wrap this up. How are we going to do it? Let's just throw some bosses at them. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is is that they were able to wrap up a storyline and this kind of shows that story is important in the raid. So if they can figure out how to incorporate that more into, you know, maybe a 10 or an 11, you know, boss raid instead of a three boss raid, that would be great. It doesn't. Here's the thing. Completing story doesn't even have to be done in a raid. Trial of Valor could easily have just been another five man dungeon. Hmm. It could have been an implemented five man dungeon that completed up a story that introduced and that introduced into the next tier or the next part of this tier into raiding. They didn't have to give us a filler raid. They they could have gave us a filler five man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like Emerald Nightmare was a full raid, even though it was only seven bosses, and that's. Oh know, no, it's three. a it's a full raid, but it's 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 just the whole tier thing yeah which yeah that's i mean that's that's two to four bosses less than we've gotten on the other you know tiers and i can see why they may maybe felt like they needed to throw another you know mini raid in there but i i don't know no the first the first tier had the most bosses the first tier had 20 bosses in total Mm mm-hmm Okay. Uh, but that's usually the case with the first tier. There's usually a lot of bosses in the first tier because it's usually split between multiple raids. Right. But like it goes to show you that if you do a raid well, like Emerald Nightmare, that feels like almost like a tier in and of itself without having to tack on an extra raid. Oh, completely. Yeah. If they had a tier set in there, that would have been its own tier. 100%. Mm-hmm. It was it was a strong enough raid. It had good mechanics. The story for the raid itself was absolutely perfect. It fit the expansion and the lore of the uh, Valshara zone perfectly. If it had its own set bonus, it would have been its own tier, and it would have fit perfectly. It, we would have had a four tier expansion. Yeah, good good raid overall. Um, moving on to Nighthold. Um, I really remember the voice acting in Nighthold, um, <laughs> oh, especially so on Triliax. Uh, just, I always laugh when I go through that fight. I just thought it was so great. Um, yeah. Uh, the Goldan fight as a final boss, I did feel like that was a great fight. Um, it was a great battle. Especially better than uh, Kill Jaden. And there's definitely some moments during that fight where, like, you know, everyone is getting, like, shifted across the platform and, all, you know, almost falling off and you know you really feel like you're in some actual danger during that fight and i think the good thing about gul'dan is that it's bad blood that's built up over two expansions it's not something that's just oh suddenly gul'dan's here let's deal mm-hmm. with them now 
It's, and the, we've had to deal with them during Warlords of Draenor. Yeah. <clears throat> we dealt with, we had, we, we failed miserably at the start of Legion on the Broken Shore and we lost Vol'jin for the Horde and we lost, uh, Varian for the Alliance, two major lore figures killed by Gul'dan. And so it, it was more than just a, let's kill this boss. For the Horde and the Alliance, it was a, a, a vendetta. It was, it was a great story built into a great fight. It was perfect. So, yeah, it was definitely a good fight. And I think some of the voice acting really helped to bring some of that out too, you know, just in the beginning yeah. of it. Troy Baker as Gul'dan was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the time work mechanics on Elisan I liked. I thought having to like go back in time and do it again. And I always love a boss that's got like a haste bubble where you can yeah. like buff yourself during the fight. So that was cool. I love those haste bubbles. <laughs> um, but you know, many of the other bosses I do remember, like uh, Star Augur I mentioned last show was one boss that I really enjoyed due to the variety of it. Yeah, um, the complexity of Star Augur for everyone, it wasn't just a tank fight, a healer fight, or a DPS mm-hmm. fight. It was everyone had to know what they were doing. Um, what I would say, I love the Star Augur fight, uh, but, and this is coming purely from a tank perspective, the amount of magic damage and that entire raid, and it's something I've went on for since Nighthold, um, it was a tank problem. But they have learned from this. So that, that was a big problem in Nighthold. Uh, magic damage for tanks, whereas we didn't have a lot of magic resist. For your class? For most classes. The only okay. exception would have been Druid. Hmm. The only exception really was Druid. And now they have none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't like the fact that each boss seemed to really be a lot more difficult than the previous boss. Like, um, I know a lot of guilds, I think your guild even skipped over Spellblade Elorial in the very beginning because it we was a difficult her fight. for a long time because she was a nightmare of a fight. We, we did mm-hmm. her after we did the bridge boss. Crossus. And Crossus, yes, we did Crossus first. We did Star Augur first. And I want to say we even did Tychondrius first. Mm-hmm. And then we went back and did her because she was yeah. an annoying fight. Yeah. And if no one needed gear from her, we didn't do her. Yeah. And, and that kind of feels bad because you come up the stairs after killing uh, Scorpion. Um, chromatic anomaly and Trilliax and like she's the next like she is walking in the middle of the room there and it's like you shouldn't have to feel like you have to skip the next boss in line in order to progress but again so. at that point it's a it's not an it's, she's not next boss she's choice of next boss yeah well if you skate around the uh, fountain and go to one of the other bosses. Yeah, but it's like an annoyance to have to clear trash and do that. Well, you have to clear trash anyway to actually kill her. So we all we ever yeah. did was just clear the trash that we had to clear to kill her. And mm-hmm. then we just moved around the rest of it. Gotcha. Uh, so again, I think choosing what boss you want to go to is a good thing. I think ramping up the difficulty slower or more evenly would be a better thing because um, 
some of those like middle bosses like star auger took us forever croesus took us forever um spellblade Loreal took us forever like it felt like a brick wall and it would have felt better if there was a more linear ramp up on uh difficulty <laughs> and um so something to something to check your dps would be a good thing like we would often have to crunch numbers to see if we had enough dps to do croesus because he was the dps check oh, yeah. boss it would have been nice to have to do something before you get to him to know if you're going to be able to do it or not without having but, to just strictly you know but that's the point the of math. him he's he's the he's the dps check to say are you ready to do elisand are you ready to do guldan I see. But how do you know if you're ready to do him? You kill you fight him till you kill him. <laughs> okay. Alright, so now you want to say that um I don't like difficulty, so you can you can say that now. I, I I'm gonna sound like such a dick and I don't want to. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay. I I think ramping up difficulty slower is a good call on some of the bosses, but it comes down to your raid group because we didn't have a problem with Star Ogre. We didn't have a problem with Crossus. We had a problem with Spellblade and we had a problem with Botanist. But so there's fights that we had a problem with that you didn't and vice versa. I think it's hard to just say generalize you need to do this when there are some guilds that are the exact opposite of you, are struggling with other things, but aren't struggling with, say, DPS. Okay. So I think it comes down to personal experience for that, though. If your guild hmm. is struggling with DPS, then your guild needs to improve DPS. If my guild is struggling with mechanics, we need to improve mechanics. I don't think there was a problem with the difficulty scaling. I think there's a I think it comes down to each of our guilds improving in the aspect that we're failing in. Hmm. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. I mean I think the <clears throat> I think Nighthold was almost a perfect ramp up, depending on which boss order you took. It had a real, with the exception of Botanist, because he's a motherfucker and I hate that fight, had a really good ramp. <laughs> Just cut Botanist out of that raid entirely. We, we yeah. killed him once. Which is never why he's back. off in the corner. <laughs> we, literally, we killed him once, never went back. Yeah. Um, the difficulty curve, depending on which boss order you take, and skipping Botanist is really, really solid. Elisand <laughs> is not as hard as Gul'dan. Uh, and Gul'dan is the hardest boss at that raid. I yeah, think- maybe it's because of our strengths or weaknesses as a guild that we felt certain fights, or why I felt certain fights were better or worse than others, and maybe it seemed like the tuning or the scaling of the difficulty wasn't going up slower. Whereas so it was you're right. fine and our guilds just suck at something. Both guilds. There you go. We can't do mechanics. You guys are short on DPS. Well, we need to find a way to merge European and US servers to fix each other. There you go. <laughs> we could definitely use the bodies. All right. <laughs> um, moving on, like something that's probably something that I'll talk about too on final thoughts or takeaways is just kind of like as a guild of maybe between 10, 11, 12, 13, 
players on Save any given final night. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on to Tumas Argaris, one of the things that I really liked about this fight was Maiden. I think we talked about it earlier. The He's there, my favorite. She not. did have some really good mechanics, like having to collect the balls as you're walking, you know, going around the circular track um, was cool. And, you know, being turned into a bomb and having to blow up in the middle of the fight. So there, there were some interesting mechanics there. And for people who raided in Vanilla and Wrath of the Lich King, it's a throwback to Thaddeus. It is essentially Thaddeus with new mechanics. So for us, it was a really nice throwback. It was like, oh, we're doing Thaddeus again. I love this fight. And I have a computer that will actually let me be part of the fight this time instead of having to stay out of the side in case I kill everyone. Nice. (laughs) Um, Other fights in this raid tier I was not as keen on. Um... You know, they're just like Harjatan, like just like I didn't like cares. Desolate Host. At desolate all. Host was not. <laughs> no, I didn't like. Desolate I liked Harj- Host I liked Harjatan purely, purely as a as a tank at the time. I liked being able to just jump around because uh, as a demon hunter, you can take a lot of those things solo without dying. Um, so it was nice to be able to do that. But yeah, that that's I think that was only from a tank perspective that I enjoyed that fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, some of the fights had interesting mechanics like Fallen Avatar had multiple settings, like breaking the ground and fighting it in a totally different setting was cool. Yeah, I liked that fight. It was a really good fight. I actually think Fallen Avatar should have been the final boss of that 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 tier because it was so that was the it brick was epic. Wall. Yeah. That was an epic fight. Mm-hmm. Um then on the other hand, some of the things that were bad killed Jaden. I just did not like that fight. I think it was too easy to wipe the wipe the um wipe everyone if you didn't follow mechanics and there were multiple time periods through that fight where if you didn't do it correctly, you would just wipe everybody. Um we're going to disagree. Yeah, and <laughs> we are. some of the damage in that fight was just absolutely ridiculous like <clears throat> I remember. Whereas, I think that's a good thing. I think that's mm-hmm. a really good thing that there is that. Well, with two <sighs> healers, maybe two and a half healers. We, we did it with two healers. Yeah, <clears throat> it was just. Um, it was just difficult. Kill Jaden is a very difficult fight. It's not as hard as Avatar, but it's an it's, but it's it's difficult in the sense that it is easier to wipe on Kill Jaden than it was to wipe on Avatar. Avatar was mm-hmm. just a DPS race. Kill Jaden was nuanced mechanics. Yeah. You had to get the mechanics into a T, which is something my guild struggled on. We had the DPS, we had the healing, we had the tank survivability. We struggled on the nuanced mechanics. But once we got those mechanics down, it was fluid. Oh, the utter beautifulness of killing that fight with a perfect with those mechanics down to a T I I felt such pride as a raid leader and I felt so it was a great experience to actually kill that thing after we had learned so much about it it was such a beautiful fight I loved it Mm -hmm. yeah I remember that's where opinions different that's where opinions different oh I definitely remember killing kill Jaden and like throwing my fist in the air and just being like, yeah, that was a great moment but, but, for sure. But to me, the mechanic difficulty is something that I thrive on. 
for you is something that you don't like. But so that's where the opinions differ. And I have a much more I I have a character who doesn't like the move. <laughs> Whereas when I killed Kill Jaden, I was a hunter who likes to move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, to me, I think going through the raid and having it be more um the one thing that bothered me about it in general was just kind of like the pathing in the raid, like going forward to one boss, going backward to the next boss, going to this boss. Like there, there were legit times where people got lost in this raid. Yeah. Which should not happen. Should not. It was a very twisty, turny raid. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will agree with that. It was very twisty, turny, but at the same time we ask for nonlinear progression Sometimes twist attorney can be a good thing for that, but but then there's the extent of when's it too much twist attorney? It's <laughs> and like I think yeah. Tomb of Sargeras hit that too much. Some some nights getting ten people together is like the hardest part of raiding, and I don't need to worry about people getting stuck in a hallway. <laughs> you know? Like, come on, yeah. give me a break. <laughs> uh, so all right. Um and finally, Antorus the Burning Throne. Which I don't know why it, no one called it a B T, but um, yeah, people just call just it Mantoris. Oh, you accidentally erased something, Chris. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <clears throat> uh, yeah. no, there was nothing. There's never anything there. There had to have been anyway. No, um, I remember there being nothing there. Things that I liked about Antorus and just getting done the um raid on heroic has really kind of. You know, this is fresh in my brain. Um, I felt like the progression through this ex- this uh, particular raid was better than the other ones. I think they kind of ramped up the difficulty in a much more linear fashion. Um, mm-hmm. Although I know that you have some differing opinions on that. No, I don't think I have differing opinions on that. The, the, the ramp up was quite good up until Coven. Uh, the ramp up was almost perfect. They hit Coven. The ramp up from Veramothras to Coven was fine. But then we go from Coven to Agrimar and Argus, and it goes ramp up, ramp up, ramp up, Coven straight down to back to the first bosses. Hmm. I think Agrimar and, and Argus were too easy. Yeah, they definitely were a lot easier than Coven. But if they were as difficult as Coven, I don't know if I would still be playing. Uh, <laughs> I wanted them to be more difficult than Coven. I wanted the difficulty to shoot to continue to ramp up personally. But that's what I expect from the final boss of an expansion the final raid of an expansion. That big ramp up to the point where the last fight is epic. Now don't get me wrong, the Argus fight is an epic fight. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful fight. It is it is the mechanics are great. The story as there's a story as you go through the fight. Yeah, <laughs> there's an actual story path through a a single fight. But the difficulty could have been put up a little bit, in my opinion, at least for the normal heroic difficulties. I don't know anything about the mythic difficulty. I don't intend to because I don't ever want a mythic raid again. But. I feel like the normal and heroic difficulties could have been amped up a little more for those two fights. Yeah. I mean, I think they definitely could, but I'm glad that they weren't because it took us so damn long to get through coven. 
But that was the downs that was the depression point for me. We killed Coven and then on the same night we killed Agrimar and Argus on Heroic. <laughs> it was such a letdown. It took us three fucking weeks to kill Coven. Yeah. And then we six shot and five shot the last two bosses. That w- that took the high out of it. The whole night it it was a it, don't get me wrong, there was a high of we killed the final boss of the expansion. Mm. But yep. it was like, well, Coven might have well have been our Argus. Hmm. Yep. I mean, they did do some unique things with the fights in this uh, particular raid, including Eonar, um, which was kind of like a tower defense type of um, raid boss. And I loved that. I loved the variety and the risks that they took with the different types of fights in this uh, particular raid tier. And um, for some reason, I think that like our guild in general did the mechanics better in this tier than in previous tiers. Like, I don't know. I'm gonna it seemed... what? be devil's advocate a little okay. bit. I didn't like KNR. It was boring as shit. <laughs> we didn't even know we killed it the first time we killed it. Oh, we didn't know we killed it either. It just happened. <laughs> it was just like, okay, so what are we at? Okay, okay, so we're, we're, we're heading this. Okay, we're going over here. Oh, oh, the boss is finished. Okay, okay. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I'm. I'm glad that we're seeing them take <laughs> those type of risks and doing different types of mechanics. Actually, technically, you don't kill Eonar. You help save her. Save Eonar. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but it was like it was so weird. It it was odd. It definitely was odd, but you know, and they definitely need to refine the ending and make it more kind of understandable that you are about to win or will win the fight. I like the idea of a terror defense boss, Mm -hmm. but I also get PTSD flashbacks of Spine of Deathwing from Cataclysm, and that's not a good thing. (laughs) Okay. Because it was because Spine of Deathwing was just a big ad fight. Hmm. I mean, Madness of Deathwing, which was the final boss of the expansion, was also just a big ad fight. But it just—I don't have a good history with just playing ad for ad fights because of that fight. It left a bad taste in my mouth. So I don't like ENR. I don't like okay. that fight. I think it could have been a better fight. But that's a personal opinion, purely because of stuff that's happened previously. Mm-hmm. I think overall the fight. Can it has the potential to be a really good fight, and I have I've yet to see the mythic version, so I don't know what they did in mythic. But the heroic and the normal versions, I think, were a little, a little too weird. There's there's a good weird, and then there's crossing over to that weird set, and I think it crossed over just to that really weird place where you don't want to be. Hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, they did some other things like on the MNR fight, having to go across the bridge that was booby trapped, which was fun. That was a great fight. That was a um, great fight. <laughs> you know, the core hounds had some interesting mechanics, even though that kind of sucked. But, uh, uh, interesting fight, interesting story for, uh, uh, MNR. One of our demon hunters, he had just swapped to demon hunter. So he was brand new at the class, learning everything. It got to the bridge. We had done the first one, no problem. We were heading back to go to the final phase, and the blood, the blood, this blood elf demon hunter decides, "Oh, I'm gonna 
jump over everything and accidentally hits his fell rush, charges through like 15 things and wipes the raid. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that happened. Yeah. We had somebody do that too. That was hilarious. They're like, well, if, you know, I just pop a cooldown, I can just run through everything. And it's like, yeah, but it causes damage on everyone else when you hit one of those things. Thing is, demon hunters oh. can glide over everything. Demon hunters can mm. jump and glide over everything. Yeah, but he accidentally pressed his fail rush. Gotcha. Before he before he jumped and fail rushed through everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, dislikes on Antorus. I don't even need this to be in the show notes. Coven, Coven was the worst. Um. <laughs> The RNG fight. I, I, I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're seeing a pattern here, Chris. But my least favorite fights. You don't like RNG. Coven. Um, but we've botanist. been through this. Coven has one aspect of RNG. One. But it's well. You've and got it's the still three. Timed. You have the three bosses who have each one of a timed abilities. You have the four different abilities that are going on. Throughout the which raid, are timed. and then you've got the circle things on the ground, which are timed. Which are timed. So you've so got everything's timed. What's three, RNG on that fight? There's eight different things that could potentially happen. Well, but they're all timed, so they're timed to cross over with each other. So you're you you can be aware of them. You can be prepared for them. The only RNG aspect of that fight is which one shows up first, and which one shows up f- uh, fifth, sixth, and seventh, and so on. The, pr- That's it. the problem that we had during the heroic version was that the spots on the ground that you have to stand in are at a random location each time. And depending on what next, you know, raid wide ability is going to appear, you, what you know is coming. It's like you might not get a safe spot to stand on an edge of the room where you're currently standing and have to run to another side of the room or whatever. I mean, which every class except mm. demon except death knights have a movement increase and death knights have anti magic shell to keep them alive long enough to get to where they need to go. I'm just saying that there were a few moments during that coven fight or there was a full pull there was a, f- a few pulls even where I felt it would be impossible for us to beat that boss. Like it just but seems there's no RNG aspect of it. I mean, there's no I, RNG. I, oh, there's I, one RNG aspect. Hmm. Everything else is timed and can be predicted. Okay. Well, having multiple things going off at random times and multiple, you know, abilities happening at the same time on Botanist, on Coven, it just does not feel good, man. It feels bad, man. And. That's the one takeaway from the Antorus burning, burning Throne raid that I would have Blizzard change. So, I don't know. Well, since I disagree with that, I would say Antorus was pretty solid. I wouldn't change much if they kept the Ant- if as long as they kept the Ant- I just hit my mic. As long as they kept the Antorus um, style of raiding, I would be very happy because I think. It- was spot on. Uh, maybe no more experiment fights that are tower defense until you've got that sorted and know exactly what needs to be done with it. And maybe change a little bit about the progression so that the last boss feels like it should be the last boss rather than two bosses previous feeling like they're the last boss. Other than that, Antorus was spot on. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I like the raid. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I just hate those fights that are too much going on at once. The kind of uh, chaos fights that I don't enjoy. And maybe RNG is the word, the wrong word for it. It's more the overlapping timers and the K the, yeah, the chaoticness of it just really makes it difficult to where uh, is where we differ because I thrive on chaos. Okay. I'm chaotic, chaotic. Good. I like chaos. Gotcha. Uh, final thoughts, takeaways, tuning for small raid groups. Um, yeah, some other no, people in this raid group or some people in my guild have said that that's an issue. I don't really understand it, but um, the fights do seem difficult if you've only got 10, 12, 13 people. Fights seem to be scaled perfectly for 14 to 16 people. Fights are scaled roughly perfectly for them. Um, it's very difficult with less people and it's easier with more people. Well, other than the fact you have to organize those people, that's where the way that with bigger grade groups, that's where the difficulty comes in having to organize a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not tuned very well for small groups. Uh, although funnily enough, Last Thursday, because we were missing so many people, we decided to seven-man uh, heroic Antorus. Uh, one healer, one t- uh, one healer, one tank, and the rest DPS. We did actually get to uh, Veramathris, so I was kind of impressed wow. with that. That's crazy. <laughs> that I was kind nuts. of impressed with that. I was solo healing. It was really fun. <laughs> it was stressy as shit, especially uh, Kingaroth. He was a nightmare to try and solo heal. Oh yeah! By the way, These people are all oh over the map. Oh my god! But we did it, and it was fun. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the raids. This was the first time I've ever like raided in an expansion. Well, first real expansion and first you know time doing this, and I enjoyed it. I mean, it's there's definitely nights where we've white like. There's got to be a rule, like, I need to talk to the officers about this, but if we wipe, like, you know, above 10 times on a single night, like, I hate the nights where you just know that you're going to wipe on a boss for three hours in a row. Like, how about we wipe on it for, like, an hour, and then we do something else instead of banging our heads against the wall for three hours in a row? Um, 230 plus wipes on Arthas before we killed him. Every single time we got a little closer. And learned a mechanic. I just think that there should be a limit because at a certain point, I want to literally bang my head on a wall. Um, it, Heaven, you don't have the mindset for, for raiding. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. You really don't. But it's fine. We'll bash it into you. Whatever. I mean, we'll ba- we'll, I'll, I'll get LB and I'll get Arlie and we'll, they'll bash it into you. It's kind of like shooting a basketball and missing it for three hours in a row and like it just i i mean i would you know and every time you shoot it you learn you learn a little bit of what you did wrong and do we do we practice 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 really we're like here's the thing it is the dumbest saying on the world practice 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 but it fucking works the more you practice the more you throw yourself against that brick wall 
the more you're going to learn about the fight, the more you're going to learn where your mistakes are, especially if you're using something like Warcraft logs. You're, the more you're going to see, okay, this is happening here. This is where, this is where we're going wrong. Right. We need to work on this. We need to work on that. If we improve this, up these numbers a little bit here, you'll figure it out eventually. But if you stop, you're never going to learn it. Yeah. I mean, we can practice, but maybe not practice for three hours in a row twice a week or three times a week, you know? Like, you would never survive in a Mythic Guild. <laughs> and that's why I'm not in a Mythic Guild. I mean, two nights a week out of my night, like, I don't know how people do it, but, like, that is a lot. That is a lot. Like, I, people who have children... Five nights, people, we used to raid five nights a week as in a Mythic, in mythic yeah, Guild. Yeah, without an adult job. No, some of them with adult jobs. Oh, well... I don't know what kind of quality of life they were having outside of the world of Warcraft, but I would imagine it's not good. Anyway, one of them had kids and those and spouses <laughs> and those kids are now in orphanages. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. Any, no, that, that, that's not cool. That's not cool. <laughs> any other final thoughts or takeaways on uh, this expansion? Kevin should never be allowed to raid or mythic raid. Uh, and I really, really think that they have, they started off really strong with raiding and they finished really strong with raiding. There was some bumps along the way, but Legion overall has had a really good progression tier, uh, progression of raid tiers. And I think if they take this style that they've got going currently into battle, I think it'll be a, uh, another really good raiding scene uh, in the next expansion. Yeah, um, I like the fact that they tried to make some changes. I like the fact that they're experimenting like kind of what we've seen in other areas of Legion and learning from their mistakes and making things better. And I think in Taurus was better than Tumas Argaris and it was better than Nighthold and it was better than Emerald. I think they they learned and they built upon it and they ended up with something better than what they started with. And you know, I'm looking forward to what they continue to do and where they take that in Battle for Azeroth. Agreed. So. So, let's move on to Don't Do That. Kevin, do you have a Don't Do That? I have a Do That. Because we beat okay. the... <laughs> because we beat the game on Tuesday night, which is what it feels like sometimes to get through a raid tier, um, we ended up just doing some Mythic Dungeons on Thursday night, and... Uh, you should definitely make fun of the voiceovers in the game. Um, as I was doing the Halls of Valor, um, at one point during the uh, dungeon, Odin says, meet me in the Halls of Glory. And I was like, so he wants us to meet him in the Glory Hall? And <laughs> it just... Hilariousness ensued. Yes, hilariousness ensued. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you see some people who are hard as rocks in the Glory Hall... Um. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So you're such Phil. I think it says something about <laughs> Odin. That's all I'm saying. Um. I don't have a don't do that or a do that because I've had a salt free week. Um. And I don't really have anything to say other. Oh no, I don't. I do have a don't do that. If you're in a D and D campaign, don't just leave your cat. Just don't. Don't just leave your party members to die because you're an asshole. Oh, someone left you to die. That's right. 
because I had to make a new character and come up with a backstory on the fly because you're an asshole. <laughs> you should always, what, Chris, have a backup character. I have backup characters. I just haven't written a backstory for this character yet. That was one of my backups I hadn't written a backstory for, but it was the only one that would fit. Um, but no, what, what? He was playing his character. He played the character through and through. It's what his character would have done. Because me, because my character and his character bodied heads. We didn't like each other. So it's what he would have done. Still an asshole. <laughs> okay. Uh, so there's my don't do that. Uh, but that's our show this week, folks. Um, you can talk to us during the week. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, the show is at AzrothCTC. Kevin is at SwingCat with a K. I am at Akari underscore Mag. And Gavril is at Gavril underscore ET. That's two I's in Gavril. You can send us emails at uh, to feedback at AzrothCTC.com. Visit our website, which is AzrothCTC.com. Shoot us a review on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, all those great places. We want to hear from you. Send us questions. Send us feedback. Tell us that we suck. Tell us we're doing a good job. We don't care. Just talk to us, people. We're getting a lot more community feedback, and we really much appreciate that. So send us more. Uh, And with that, uh, say goodnight, boys. Or boy. (laughs) Goodnight, boy. (laughs) 